This time each and every Erev Yom Tov. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the upcoming holiday. In this case, Rosh Hashanah and Shabbos Shuva. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Yom Tov, everybody. Wow. Here we are on Erev Rosh Hashanah. And I will try, first of all, to review some of the pertinent halachos that apply to us for today, for Rosh Hashanah, a little bit on Shabbos Shuva. So here we go. Understand a beautiful idea that this afternoon for Mincha, think about this, everybody, in our last... Shmona Esrei of 5,773, we will say in our Shmona Esrei, Borecho Leinu Hashem Elokeinu Es Hashanah Hazos. Please, Hashem, bless this year. What do you mean, bless this year? There's only approximately 20 minutes or so left to the year. But the idea is that we recognize and realize that every moment of the year we require His brachos in order to maintain our literal, literally equilibrium. As Nachum has been reminding everybody, we have to make an Eruv Tavshilin. If you understood why, then I hope you'd be doing it with a lot more um, feeling. And that is as follows. The law says that you're allowed to cook on Yom Tov for Yom Tov. That's called Ochel Nefesh. However, you're not allowed to cook on Yom Tov for the next day, even if the next day is a Yom Tov. So please God, tomorrow, the first day of Rosh Hashanah, after your meal in the afternoon, you're not allowed to cook for the nighttime meal, because that would be one day of Yom Tov for another day. You can cook on Yom Tov for that day. So the question is, okay, what are we going to do in Hashem on Friday, the second day of Yom Tov? So whatever you need for your lunch on Friday, certainly you can, if the light is on, meaning if your gas or your electric stove, and this has to be known to you that you can't turn the stove on on Yom Tov unless you have extending through a candle depending upon if you have a pilot stove or very simply if you have the electric ignition one has to be exceedingly careful best thing would be if you can leave it on your light on the stove top and what you need for your Friday lunch you can certainly prepare in the morning before you go to shul, when you come back from shul. But what are you going to do now in the afternoon? Ay, 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 Shabbos is coming. And you can't prepare on one day for the next. Therefore, we are taught in the second chapter of the Gemara Beitza to have an Erev Tavshilin, meaning you designate a cooked food, such as a piece of fish, a piece of meat, a hard-boiled egg, 
and a baked food like a challah or a matzah, I recite a blessing, al mitzvahs erov. I make a recitation, which happens to be in Aramaic, which was their vernacular, and so I should say it, not just in the Aramaic, but say it in English, or in any language that you're comfortable with, so that you understand that with this, my Shabbos preparation is beginning, and I am therefore permitted to continue my Shabbos preparation, please God, this coming Friday. And therefore you can cook Friday afternoon for Shabbos. The general practice is that you should try your very best not to cook till the last moment, but that you should be finished cooking approximately one hour before Yom Tov, before Shabbos sets in, that if necessary the food could be eaten on Friday afternoon. Okay, we now are about to go into Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Tov, and interestingly, the two days of Rosh Hashanah are considered a Yom Arichta, a long day, one long day. And the consequence of this that it is considered one long day affects us on the second night of Rosh Hashanah on Thursday night. The question is, do you recite a Shehechianu in the Kiddush on the second night? And our practice is that we do. But since it is technically questionable, the practice is that either you wear a new garment or you have a new fruit on the table on Thursday night when you recite Kiddush. If you don't have a new fruit yet, there's still time to get one today. This is the only time in the year that we are obligated to have this new fruit. In Hashem, we go to Shul this night, tonight, going into Rosh Hashanah, and in our Shmona Esrei, we add in the bracha of Mogain Avraham, Zachreinu Lechayim, in Mechayim we add Micha Mocha, most important, instead of Hakel HaKadosh, we have HaMelech HaKadosh, because that is one change that starting with Rosh Hashanah, through Yom Kippur, throughout Aseris Yemei Tshuva, if one does not change that bracha from Hokel HaKadosh to Amelech HaKadosh, they have to repeat the Shmona Esrei. And in the, during the week of Aseris Yemei Tshuva, we change Melech Ohev Tztoko Mishpat to Amelech HaMishpat. In the bracha of Hatov Shimcha, we add and we add the Sefer Chaim in the bracha of 
Hamavarech Esamo Yisrael Bashalom, the last bracha of the Shmona Esrei. There are those that change from Hamavarech Esamo Yisrael Bashalom to Ose HaShalom. Tonight, when we come home, so interesting, we have the, we wash as we would every Yom Tov, and the minog is to have round chalas on Rosh Hashanah, symbolic of a crown, symbolizing our coronating Hashem, one of the major themes of Rosh Hashanah. And then we do something very different. We make hamotzi, that's not different at all. And we dip the challah from the hamotzi, many have the custom, into honey. But what then comes is something unusual. You might have a fruit cup at any time during the year as the entree to begin the meal. You will not make a bracha during the year on that fruit cup. Tonight, however, the universal practice is to take a piece of apple, which is to remind us not that necessarily, in fact, the Talmud gives four possibilities as to what the fruit was that Adam ate in Gan Eden, and it wasn't an apple. But we eat an apple tonight, dipped in honey, reminding us of the Olam Haba, and reminding us that not just the living are judged on Rosh Hashanah, but the deceased as well are judged, and we pray that we should have a sweet judgment, it should be Shana Tova Umesuka. So therefore, though we've made the Hamotzi on the Chala, we make a bracha of Bori Priya Eitz on the apple, we take a bite, and we made a bracha because this is a kind of ceremonial food. And then you dip it in, after you've taken your bite, you dip it in the honey and you recite the Ratzon that please God it should be Techadish Oleinu Shonatova Umasuka, and then you eat the apple in the honey. There is a practice, a minhog called Simna Milsa, that we take different foods this evening, whereby the food itself is going to remind us of a concept, and this is a tefillah with a poel dimyon, a tefillah which has an act with it as well, a fortified tefillah, if I may. And so, many will eat carrots, and they will say the Hiratzon, Sheyirbu, Zuchuyoseinu, because carrots in Yiddish is merin. Or they'll eat cabbage, Sheyikarsu Soneinu, that our enemies should be cut down, because cabbage is crazy. And beets, Sheyistalku Oyeveinu, because of that reason that our enemies should be removed. And dates, Sheyitamu Soneinu, because our enemies should be consumed. And uh, pomegranates, shenarbe zuchuyos karimon. People eat 
fish and before they so do that literally we should multiply as fish many have on the table the head of a sheep or fish and very simply please God we should be leaders and not followers that is for tonight, Emir Tashem, tomorrow morning, many Bate Kinesios begin earlier and because of the long davening. And tomorrow morning, in our davening, Shacharis, we don't say Halil because, as the Talmud says, the Sifri Chaim Vamesim, the books of life and death, are open on Rosh Hashanah, and therefore we do not say Halil. Tomorrow's Kriyas HaTorah for the first day of Rosh Hashanah comes from Parshas. We read of the birth of Yitzchak and of the sending away of Yishmael and the Kriyasa Torah for Friday, the second day, is that of the Akedah. After the Haftorah and after the uh, Drasha of the Rav, we come to the Biblical Mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah, which is that of the shofar. Now, I cannot go through all of the aspects of shofar. Just be aware that there is a biblical mitzvah to hear the shofar. If we can hear it in shul, that is the best. If not, try to arrange yet today. Call your local rabbi and he will try to have somebody come to the home, to a nursing home, to a senior citizen facility, to a hospital, to blow shofar for those that cannot be in the synagogue. From the Torah, one has to hear nine sounds on Rosh Hashanah. A three trua, a trua is a sad note, and each trua is preceded and followed by a tekiah, an unbroken happy note. Now, the Talmud tells us that we are not sure what is the nature of this sad note. Is it what we call the shvarim, which is a sigh, ay, 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 or is it what we call the trua, a whale, ay, 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 or is it a combination of both? And therefore, we, in order to make sure that we satisfy all possibilities, we will please God right after the Haftorah is completed. Before Musaf, we will blow 30 sounds. Where do we get 30? Three trua. Each trua preceded and followed by a tekiah. And the first trua that we blow is a shvarim. Trua, the sigh followed by the wail. Three of those is twelve. Had we get to twelve, because tekia is one note, shvarim is the second, trua is the third, tekia is four. Four times three is twelve. Then we blow tekia, shvarim, tekia. Three of those, which is nine, which brings us to twenty-one sounds. 
Ben Tkia Trua Tkia, which is another nine, which brings us to thirty. Thirty sounds are blown prior to the Shmona Esrei. In the Shmona Esrei, the Sfardim blow in the silent Shmona Esrei. And let's talk about the Shmona Esrei for the moment now. The Shmona Esrei of Musaf on Rosh Hashanah is the longest Shmona Esrei of the year. And the reason why it has this length is because we include a section of Malchios whereby we declare God to be our King. There's a section of Zechronos, of remembrance, that God remembers all, hence a day of judgment, and a section of Shofros referring to God directing history. A shofar was blown at Sinai. A shofar will be blown to herald the coming of Moshiach. And therefore, we have these three sections. Once again, the Sephardim have a practice of blowing ten sounds in the Shemona Esrei after each section which brings them to 60. We had 30 before, and now 30 during the silent Shemona Esrei. Ashkenazim blow not in the silent Shemona Esrei, but in the repetition of the Shemona Esrei. 10 after Malchios, 10 after Zechronos, 10 after Shofros, bringing us to 60. And then we have 40 more kolos, 40 more sounds at the conclusion of the Musaf during the Kaddish of Tiskabel. We have the last 40 sounds. If one is blowing shofar for someone else, you only blow the 30 sounds of before the Shemona Esrei. The blowing accompanying the Shemona Esrei is only done in a minyan. It's so important that we realize that while there are many different themes to the shofar, including a call to tshuva, including the coronation of Hashem, understand, we blow a happy sound, the tekiah, an unbroken note, reminding us that we are put in this world tekiah, straight. Unfortunately, we mess up with various forms of terua, of broken events within our life, within our character. Comes the final tekiah and reminds us that we can and must put our life back in order. The custom is, please God, tomorrow afternoon to go to Tashlich, to a flowing body of water, and to recite the psukim appropriately found in your machzor. One should not throw bread into the water on uh, Yom Tov to, quote, feed the fish or symbolically to actually throw something in. The fish are not dependent on us to give them their sustenance and therefore they should not be fed on Yom Tov. There's so much more to say. I just want to speak for a moment or two about this Shabbos called Shabbos Shuva. The name is because Rosh Hashanah 
begins the period of 10 days Aseris Yimei Shuva. The Torah is that of Shuva Yisrael. The Kriyasa Torah, the Shabbos, is that of Ha'azinu. Try to be in the Shul this Shabbos and hear the Drusha for Shabbos Shuva, usually inspiring us to do Shuva, the main purpose of this Drusha. I'm just going to share with you, given that we have Shabbos Shuva focusing on usually the preparation for Yom Kippur. This year Yom Kippur is on a Shabbos. And I'm just going to suggest that a very interesting idea as suggested by Rav Yosef Engel for the base Medrash to think about, discuss it at your table. He brings this in this Gilyone Hashas to the Gemara Yuma. Why don't we on Going in to Yom Kippur this year, given that it is a Shabbos Yom Kippur, let's take in Shabbos early and let's have the Suda Mavsekes, the meal before the fast, as our Shabbos meal. And therefore, let's make Kiddush this Yom Kippur. We'll do it before daytime. So it's an interesting idea. And the reason why we are not going to do it is because this year, it's not that it's Shabbos and it's also Yom Kippur. It's one unit of Shabbos Yom Kippur that fused together to one Kedushas Hayom. And because of that, the idea is that it's one unit, and just as on any Yom Kippur, there is no Kiddush, here too, even if a person is going to eat, and they have to eat because they're a chola, there is no Kiddush on this Shabbos Yom Kippur, because it's not that it's a Shabbos and it's also. No. They blend in to become one. And this is true, we see halachically, that, for example, if you forget a prayer and to mention Shabbos in your Shabbos prayers, understandably, this next Friday night of Yom Kippur, Shabbos morning, uh, Musaf, Mincha, if you forget to mention Shabbos, you have to repeat the Shemona Esrei. What about Ne'ilah? One would say, why should I have to repeat the Shemona Esrei for Ne'ilah? Ne'ilah is not a Shabbos prayer. But once again, they get fused together. As the Arsameach points out, that the Kohen Gadol, who brings all the korbanos on Yom HaKippurim, he doesn't only bring the korbanos that are unique to Yom Kippur, he brings the korbanos of Musaf for Shabbos as well, because it's one fusion. The idea I'd like to suggest is very powerful, and that is, next Shabbos of Shabbos Yom Kippur, the oneg, the pleasure of Shabbos, comes with the fasting, meaning the fact that the Jew can get closer to God, that is his pleasure of Shabbos. And even though Shabbos Yom Kippur is only once a year, I pray that all of us will learn from the concept of Shabbos Yom Kippur to take this idea of Ruchnius to make our Shabbos more special. The Yerushalmi says, I see a friend and I greet him warmly on Shabbos, so the answer is that's okay, but just know that really, wow, my mind on Shabbos, I should be so connected. Our Shabbos meals should be 
infused with more divrei Torah, with more zmiros, so that we get so much more out of the day. Learning of Torah is sweet all year long, all week long, but especially sweet on Shabbos. A long Shabbos, a short Shabbos, it makes no difference. We should learn from next Shabbos, Yom Kippur, to please God, infuse a greater degree of sanctity into all of our Shabbosos. I take this opportunity to wish all of our listeners a Ksiva Vachasimo Tova people should all be inscribed for a good year. I take this opportunity especially to wish Nachum, Stacy, and family a good year. You should be Zoha to continue your wonderful work in uplifting Klal Yisrael literally, thank God, throughout the Jewish world for many years to come. A good Yom Tov and a good Shabbos to all.